Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I came out Fired of it up. shook. Fired, Fired up. up. But not because not of what was said, but because of what was not said. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the number one thing that I could think about when I walked out of that film was Taylor Swift and race in America. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of the Color Grade Pod. This is Joy here, and we have more special guests. We have Nolika and Kenya. What See, up, what up? Clearly, I've been slacking on me being here at Sundance because I've also not seen this film. Uh, apparently, we're going to have a very lively discussion, so I can't wait <laughs> to sit back and laugh silently because I don't want the mic to catch it. Um, who's going to intro? Joy, you're an important person. You need a team. You cannot do it all. Like, we are here to support the magic. Like, oh, we, man, we're Sundance here. has so many films. Yes. I, I, so many. I swear, yes. like, it's hard to do all of them. Yes. God bless you if you can. But So, we're here. And we're we're like doing the behind the scenes Sundance and helping to produce Color Grade. And part of what we feel like is really interesting or we're finding really interesting and we're having our own experience here. So um, you went to see um, Miss Americana. And is it Miss Americana? And um, the team, you know, we were like, not necessarily thinking that's something in our that we wanted like was on our list of things to see for the podcast but you like really wanted to go see it because you had some thoughts and so what was your expectations going to see a documentary about taylor swift that she sanctioned right so it's not like expose she sanctioned there's no legal like she's not trying to like shut anybody down it is directed by another white lady it is premiering at Sundance Film Festival that is also a very white space and it already is going to be distributed by Netflix. So what did you expect when you went to go see this film? Because you worked really hard to go. Like you woke up super early. I did. I had that 6.55 a.m. alarm. It's like 20 something degrees outside. Tell, and nobody went with you. I'm sorry. The whole team abandoned you and you had to do it alone. It's okay. I actually wasn't uh, that sad about it because I knew nobody else was hyped to see it. Um, first, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the reason I was excited to see it um, because I um, I have a peculiar interest in Taylor Swift, which stems from my interest in pop culture overall and especially women in pop culture and um, the people that are I guess the divas of today's world. So basically the women that are selling out everything. Um, And Taylor Swift is one of them that I'm so interested in, but I actually don't like, I've never liked. I've always found 
her whiteness to be kind of weird. And I also know that she is um, held up by a lot of uh, white supremacists as like the image of like the perfect girl. So I've always thought there was some weirdness about her, but I, and I've seen some behind the scenes things and other documentary things, kind of like her last reputation documentary i guess world tour i couldn't even get through that that was when it's just you know when it's so sanctioned sanctioned by an artist it's just like just disgusting like there's no nuance at all um and the reason i was excited to see this is because all of the reviews and all of the hype about it was that um this is going to be a tailor that you've never seen before so a political tailor and that's my one of my main critiques of her is that she has so much power and visibility in the world, but has never been political. Um, And so all of the headlines I was reading yesterday were like political, political, political. And, you know, as a black queer woman, um, but speaking more just as a a black woman, when I, when I hear political, I think, oh, this is probably going to speak about race since she's such a big symbol for so many people and obviously like feminism. But I was really, really excited to see her say something about race Um, And I was hoping I didn't think she was going to completely, you know, like become a Black Panther or anything, (laughs) like start putting some fists in the air. But I thought she was at least going to have one sentence where she was like, I denounce white supremacists. And And I was waiting for that. And that's why I woke up because I wanted to be able to just tweet that. You know what I'm saying? Like Taylor Swift denounced white supremacy. Like it's we're here, you know. And and what what did you find? I don't it's so much deeper than not seeing color because the way in which it was avoided and dodged was made it kind of like the loudest thing in the room. Mm -hmm. And they just did not. And it didn't seem like she really felt or thought anything about it, whereas she was getting emotional over queer rights and things like that. But, yeah, that was the. um the big question that they just did not answer and they knew people wanted to hear well, about you it. You came out and you were like, you couldn't stop talking about race and the implications around race in that documentary that did not purposefully did not talk about race. Um, and in that way, as people like black people and queer people and like people who identify on, like are marginalized, you see that shit incredibly bright right um so where did you see race show up in the documentary where did it like where what moments while you're sitting there watching it did it feel like most like big well i'll say uh it first started with um being an audience member i realized and i've been talking to a lot of my poc friends here and no ev- nobody's fucking with this documentary i'm like yo you trying to see miss americana and they're like absolutely not and i understand why but i was hoping there were some people that would you know be there and look at it from my perspective so in a huge theater there were very 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 few pocs so that stood out to me um at the very beginning the the film is generally like taylor swift coming to terms or just dealing with like her place as an ex- one of the most famous Uh, singers performers in the world and um she talks about the highest moments in her career and the lowest and what really broke her and the moment that she said broke her because at that moment up until that moment in her career she thought that everyone loved her everything was going good she was like all right i'm gonna be pretty i'm gonna be skinny i'm gonna be hot i'm gonna sing i'm gonna be nice to all these men and just get as far as i can and the kanye west moment which everyone knows honestly Kanye is an asshole. Like I think everybody can agree, 
But the booze and the vocal negativity that came from the audience um, from even before the incident really started, but from when they first started playing the clip, I was like, okay, this feels... The booze felt a little bit racist. It was like too many booze. And you know, and then it's going to, it shows the end of that clip to where Beyonce is like reacting to the fact that Kanye's done this on stage and said she had a better video and they're still booing over the Beyonce clip, which I, it's not racist, but you know, it was a really prolonged boo. So let me get clarity. Let me get clarity. So you're saying while you're sitting in the audience watching the Taylor Swift documentary, they show a clip. Part of the documentary is a clip from... The VMAs. The, the, the 2009 VMAs, VMAs. Where Kanye infamously... Jumps on stage. Jumps on stage like Taylor Swift's not supposed to get win this award. And in the actual Sundance audience, when this clip comes up, yes. they start booing. They and start continue booing, booing yeah. through Beyonce. Yes. They're so caught up in, yes. in their like, like boos yes. that they don't recognize that the queen shows up. See? And knows to stop. They just keep. They just keep going. I think they saw Beyonce. I just think the boo was just so because this is their girl, and this yeah. is the worst moment of her life. Mm-hmm. She's single handedly saying this. This, this is, what, is the worst. This moment. is what brought her down. This is the worst. This moment. is what this brought is her it. down. This is where she she was living perfectly. I think in her <laughs> in her mind, and she'll say that like because her her sexual assault case hadn't happened at this point, and and she really like lives off fame like she was fame hungry and she says that like it wasn't about money she just lived off of the applause she has money she she has always money. had money and that's what i also think was interesting they just like started at oh she's a superstar they didn't glance over her childhood at all and i think that's probably because there was not much to say that would make the audience sympathize with her because mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. um a lot of it was like hopefully you'll like taylor swift after this movie because she's been through hard shit and honestly like the sexual assault that's rough that's crazy a lot of women deal with that and i feel for her with that um but i also think that there are other issues in the world i think that it's always disappointing when people from a place of like when we think about ourselves as like marginalized people black people um it's really disappointing when a person does not own their power and privilege right. as part of how they're doing some introspection. So right. like if you have like this idea of intersectionality, like that it does not negate anti-blackness. It does not like just like how you identify or that you've been um, oppressed or marginalized and does not negate the like the larger fucking issue right. that is race in America. And so that you, when you, we, you can't, think about that you can't engage in that is incredibly disappointing and problematic and speaks to like you know we talked about it's not as though we think taylor swift is there like caking for white supremacists like please you know and you don't have to yeah and taylor you know what i mean like and to say like if if every if like people who i thought were like the word like the like their politics or how they live their lives or was oppressive and hateful were like I'm their hero I will have to question myself like I would right. have to just check myself right. like why why do you like me right you that's know what, what I mean? I'm like, saying what, like what, what, what am I putting out there in the world that's like you, you, you're gravitating to let me exactly. let me check that let me check that and, yeah. yeah and she's like Taylor Swift I know is not a Nazi she does not hate black people but it, it, I did find it interesting when they were uh, she was discussing with her managers well, about I don't I think what like, I just want to say is not like hate like 
I just think like the idea of like love and hate and like you hate black people. That's how we define whether or not you're racist is part of like what the the Taylor Swift problem. You know what right. I mean? What I'm saying is she is not. When I say she's like held up by people, she is held up. And I'm not talking about regular white people mm-hmm. specifically by like fringe white supremacist groups like the people in Charlottesville, like mm-hmm. the people that literally want to kill people of color. I don't think she's out here like that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that she could sit and think about why she's the person that they love mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe say something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was interesting that when they, you know, kind of glazed over that she was going to make this slightly political statement on Instagram. Um, she was like, you know, the main thing that country artists learn from day one is to never be political. And I find that really interesting because I'm like country artists, country music is the most racist part of the music industry. And that's on period. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of racism amongst the artists, amongst the executives. And she said, the number one thing they kept saying is, um, you don't want to be ruined by the, the like the Dixie chicks. Cause she looked up mm-hmm, to the Dixie mm-hmm, chicks. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of, and I like the Dixie chicks. And also the Dixie, the Dixie chicks. chicks were not radical. I mean, like <laughs> when you think of it, like what they said, if you look back, they just said, we don't agree with president Bush. Like the Dixie chicks weren't doing anything that fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And still they were completely canceled. Mm-hmm. So like, it seems like the country music industry and in, like in general just has like no, space at all where race could even begin to be brought up they're like Mm -hmm. don't even start talking about politics because then someone inevitably is going to ask you about race Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then that's going to get complicated Mm -hmm. um and i just think it's interesting for someone who both has so much power can commission a film and do all this and do all of that and be the highest you know paid tour and all these grammys and all these fans it's just interesting to me that she wouldn't use it for more good, especially as a person who in the film multiple times, she said, I want to be good. And I'm like, I maybe your definition of good is not good enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I feel like being like innocent and being polite in today's world where shit's getting rough. I'm like, that's not good. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. being quiet and being meek and being like, I'm just going to go along with the rules that that is not being good. Mm -hmm. And she might get some backlash. Some managers might be mad, but if she denounced racism, what are they going to do? And honestly, like she, she's still going to have fans. Like that's, that's the thing that it's not all or nothing for her. She's Mm -hmm. at this point of power. She could say things. Of course she'd have some, some, you know, fans that would go away and Mm -hmm. people say, you know, maybe they were worried about security. Some like, fringe person mm. would come and attack her but it's like when you're a celebrity a fringe person could come and attack you period and you got security on deck mm-hmm. so i just felt like it was irresponsible and um i don't think she was she's being the global citizen that she could be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't think she's acknowledging that yet she's trying with the feminism but i think that's just um and that's a natural first step because she is a woman and she's not colored but i think she could put a little more effort in. And also in terms of the way the movie was marketed as like a deep behind the scenes, never before seen, like you're going to really understand her. Um, that did not happen. So let me ask you final question. Should black people see Miss Americana? I mean, 
I wouldn't recommend it. I actually don't think it's a good movie, even just separate from Taylor Swift. Um, I don't think it's like the most well done look at a pop star. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily that interesting, especially actually if you're a fan of Taylor Swift, you probably have seen most of these things before. Um, I think it's an interesting critique on where we are in the culture and pop culture and race. If you want to look at it from that perspective, um, but I, it's going to be on Netflix. Like if you have an account, you can watch it. You can listen to some pop music. Um, I wouldn't pay for it. I would not pay for it. And I wouldn't, you know, don't expect it's, it's just as surface level as you think it'd be. Like mm-hmm. it's sadly just as surface level as you think you'd be. But you, as you came think out of it. Sh- I came out of it up. shook, fired, fired up. up, but not because not of what was said, but because of what was not said. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the number one thing that I could think about when I walked out of that film was Taylor Swift and race in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Matt Sales. I'm a photographer based in LA mm-hmm. and I am um, here in Sundance. Is this your first Sundance? This is not my first Sundance. How many Sundances have you done? I think I have done five or six Sundances. Oh, okay. You're like a veteran. You've been It's doing... been on and off. My very first Sundance was 2009. What was there? What movie was that? What was I don't then? remember. It okay. was the year of Obama's inauguration. Oh. And I and I had to give my ticket to my wife. So I oh. missed the inauguration. My wife went in my spot. Okay. Because you had to work Sundance. Because I had to work Sundance. Okay. So you come and you work Sundance. I come and I work. Okay. What is, so what our podcast is about looking at the film industry from the black queer perspective and one of our taglines or things we think about is like, where do you see the color mm-hmm. or can you see the color? Are you seeing the colors? And so um, during your time at Sundance, where have you seen the color? Throughout the years, I've seen the color ebb and flow. Okay. So I, there are years where I feel like there's so much and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's years that I feel like it's less. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really depends on you know, the projects to some degree, because Sundance is unlike it's unfinished movies. Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. movies in the, in the process. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very different. I do feel that in general, Sundance is more diverse Mm -hmm. than the Hollywood industry in general. Okay. It is pre-filter, right? So Sundance is people before the chance for the work to be filtered out. Okay. Okay. And so you'll, you'll come to Sundance and you'll see stories about all different types of people. Mm -hmm, I mean, even mm -hmm. in the stuff that I've just been working with while I've been here, I've seen stories about a a camp for uh, kids with disabilities, a story about a Mm -hmm. a gender gender fluid astrologer Mm -hmm. in Latin America. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are stories of of coming from completely different Mm -hmm, places. mm -hmm. So like the filter that happens in Hollywood, I always feel happens like later in the road. But Sundance is a place that like, it is a fairly open place. Like if you have a story to tell, mm-hmm. Sundance seems to make space for you. Mm-hmm. What happens between then and Put, like, distribution. later yeah, yeah, yeah. is something else. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like when people say like, oh, there's not enough stories or not enough opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Because Sundance like seems like there's, there's things there. It's you know? interesting what you're saying because I also, I too feel like at Sundance, I see the color in the stories that are being told, like the diverse, like just the depth too. like, it's not, like you said, not filtered. It's not about 
the audience it's really about the creative and like mm. what they're trying to share yeah so, but there are places i don't see the color which is actually on the other side of the festival so in what the side? perspective of like who gets to come and see the films who are working behind the scenes who are the producer who is who are the all of the people involved you know when you when people go up on the stage and they're at the end of the q a and who's standing there it like in that space it doesn't feel like there's much color to well, see what do you think i think the first part we were talking about like who's attending mm -hmm. that's a money thing yeah right? so i was talking to my uber driver who's local and i was mm -hmm. like oh do you go see movies he's like no it costs thousands of dollars mm -hmm. to get tickets mm -hmm. and i was like well so that's right i mean that's an immediate thing right mm -hmm. it's like until we're gonna start sponsoring film students of color mm -hmm. to come to sundance mm -hmm. and pay for their tickets i mean getting to sundance is not this is if this was the la film festival it would be different mm -hmm. this is the sundance film festival mm -hmm. so you got to get on a plane mm -hmm. you got to get here you got to drive the 40 minutes from salt lake mm -hmm. once you get here you got to find a place to stay that is somehow less than 500 dollars a night if mm -hmm. you can and so there are logistical elements to sundance that are not going to make the audience in particular more diverse what's your sundance story all right, so I come to Sundance and I do one of two things. Okay. So I've come to Sundance, I said, I think five or six times. Twice I've come and covered Sundance and its premieres and its um, uh, events. Okay. And the other times I've only done portrait studios. And so those are when we set up a studio mm -hmm. for a particular media outlet mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all the talent comes through over a three or four day mm -hmm, window. Mm -hmm. So I've done that both ways. Mm -hmm. And I do think that when you're talking about working with other creatives of color, it's mm -hmm. very different between those two. Okay. So when I'm doing a portrait studio, I see tons of, that's why I feel like I see so many creatives of color mm -hmm. when I'm doing the portrait studio, because all of a sudden, you know, there are, you know, actors of color, directors of color, producers of color. Um, when you're doing the events, it's not quite, as diverse. Now mm -hmm. that's because I'm around other photographers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and photography is an, an unbelievably undiverse community. Interesting. Right. It's not photography is, you know, 90% male photography is, you know, you know, very undiverse just in general. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. that's just, that's the way photography has been, mm -hmm. particularly at the event level and the mm -hmm. photojournalism level. Mm -hmm. That is not a place for, there's just, there's not mm -hmm. a lot of diversity there. And so We have one, um, like one last question. When you come to Sundance, because you said you've been here about five, six times. Mm -hmm. I like that you don't know the exact number. Um, do you feel like you belong? There are days that I feel like I belong and there's days that I don't feel like I belong. Mm -hmm. And there's moments that I feel like I matter more. And there's moments where I feel like I'm just someone who's here like the help. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. and I, because I can't sign someone or can't get someone's script done. I mean, I was at a party today and they were like, someone came up to me and they're like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And I was here with this film and that filmmaker's over there. And they're like, oh, great. I'm going to go talk to that filmmaker. And they mm. bounced. They didn't even say goodbye. They mm. were just like, we're going to go talk to that filmmaker. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, bye. Nice to meet mm -hmm, you. Thank mm -hmm, you. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, do I matter in that mm -hmm, case? I was, mm -hmm. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. do I feel like I matter in general? Sundance, I think, is a weird place to figure out. Like, I don't know what mm -hmm. matters here mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's just sort of like, like I said, it's this sort of, kind of like this wild west which is like, i think why it's in sundance in the first place mm -hmm. it's a little bit it's a little bit of chaos you mm -hmm. know and so mm -hmm. um and in the end the people that matter at sundance are the people that matter every place else mm -hmm. because 
they are the ones who are the gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. So unless you are a gatekeeper, um, you are still to some degree, you know, nobody. What's the question that we're going to be talking to um, some of those creatives, right? Mm -hmm. That you have been, like you've said, you had, have gotten to spend the day with. What's a question you'd want us to ask them? I guess I would ask those creatives two questions from different perspectives. From the first perspective is how did they make the jump from desire to Sundance, mm -hmm. right? That's a jump that I still, even someone who's been around it, I was like, all right, well, you want to make a short film. That's a big jump from having that short film premiered Sundance, mm -hmm. you know? So take, take us through the struggle because I think we always talk about the successes, but like highlighting the process and the struggle is something that I think is so enlightening for young people mm -hmm. is like, oh, because they'll look at someone and say, well, I can't get there. And it's like, well, if you explain the struggle and the steps, more people can see themselves in the story. Mm -hmm. And that's, to some degree, that's regardless of diversity, right? Just like mm -hmm. tell everyone how you struggled mm -hmm. so that that person won't look up to you and be like, I don't, I can't understand you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's one question that I would ask, you know? And then I think another part of it is how, going forward after you've been at this experience, you know, how how do you build momentum or how do you or how do you plan to sort of like because i feel like there's got to be a lot of people who come to sundance and think it's an elevator mm -hmm. and realize it's just the first step in the stairs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so you know they just sort of get here and think all right this is it rising all the way to the top and then realize no you got to work has got to be put in so i think that like i would ask everyone i was like what's the next steps how are you building you know where is this in your where are you in your sort of uh campaign to grow yourself to where you want to go so i think mm -hmm. i would just be curious to know for each individual creative where they feel they are in that process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i guess so i guess it's kind of one question right mm -hmm. which is like i want to know about the stairs where you are on the stairs where the stairs started and where the stairs where you'd like them to end up mm -hmm. and and you know and think about it as stairs not as an elevator or an escalator We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Color Grade, recorded live at the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. I'm your host, Joy Childs, and you can find me at Jump for Joy on Twitter and Instagram and at joychilds.com. Color Grade is produced by Domino Sound. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.